For years, I was so fed up with shampoo, I just stopped washing my hair. I quit completely. I was so sick of poofy, frizzy, limp hair, distorting my natural oils. Until a few months ago, I found Modern Mammals, and it changed everything. And by the way, right now you can visit modernmammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. So check that out. So look, I heard about this through the podcast, and before I agreed to advertise, they sent it to me, and I was reluctant. But let me tell you, I should not have been. This stuff is absolutely magical. My hair felt better, smelled way better, and most importantly, looked better. And I know it will do the same for you as well. It doesn't have those hair-ruining chemicals like other products, and it doesn't leave any leftover residues. It works. Don't believe me? Go read their awesome reviews online as well. Go to ModernMammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. Again, that's ModernMammals.com for 10% off with promo code LSS. Don't forget to use our promo code LSS so they know we sent you. Hi there! How y'all doing? Welcome back to another episode of Lead Singer Syndrome. And oh, it's a good one this week. It's a good one. I'm Shane Told. I will be your host this week and every week as I take you into the backstage conversations that I have with other lead singers. And this week's guest, near and dear friend of mine, Anthony Ranieri of Bayside. And uh, yeah, if you've been living under a rock for the last, well, I guess it's only been a few days now, almost a week, big Bayside news. They launched a single a couple weeks ago called Prayers, very heavy tune, total banger. And they didn't really, you know, didn't really say anything. Is there an album coming or whatever? So last Friday, they did. They announced there's an album coming in two weeks. It's coming out next Friday. It's called Interabang. I have heard the whole thing. It is an absolute stunning album. Raw, in your face, heavy, but great tunes. And once this um, this news was about to come out, Anthony hit me up. He's like, hey, man, like, let's talk. Let's do this. It's been a little while. I had a great time on the last one. And if you did miss the first conversation I had with Anthony, this is going back to the vacancy days. I mean, what, three years ago? More than three years ago, actually. Um, pretty wild <laughs> that it's been that long. But go back. Uh, after you listen to this one, go back and check that one out for some other Bayside talk, but this is an action-packed episode. We get to so many great things, and uh, yeah, I'm excited. Even though I've already done it, I'm just excited that you're about to hear it. So thank you very much for being here, and welcome back. This is great. This is great. This is great. Um, Before we get into it, 
I want to remind you, of course, you can email me. You can get in touch, whether you have comments or suggestions, uh, you know, maybe for upcoming guests to the show. Uh, I get emails every single day. I read them all. I try to reply to as many as possible. Uh, I love to hear from you, though, so please feel free. It is leadsingersyndrome at gmail.com. We're also on all the social media stuff, at uh, Shane Told, and uh, you can just search for Lead Singer Syndrome. Uh, I'm lucky that there's nothing else called this. Uh, you know, like I have leadsingersyndrome.com. I didn't have to get like, you know, uh, oh, some weird dot co or dot net. I mean, dot dot net isn't too weird, I guess. But, you know, I just, I got the thing. I got the thing. I got the Gmail. Um, it's nice to have to have that. So you can just search and it'll come up and... Uh, Everything is everything is really good. Uh, other news with me? Well, Silverstein is up to a whole bunch of stuff. We're kind of gearing up for next year, celebrating 20 years of the band, which is crazy every time it comes out of my mouth just to, to think I've been doing this for 20 years. Wild. But we are playing Australia at the Unified Gathering Festival with some great bands like Architects, The Ghost Inside, uh, North Lane, shout out to Marcus, and uh, we're also going to be playing in the Philippines for the second time, which absolutely exploded when that news was released. The Philippines is like a, an amazing place. We have so many great fans. So I'm really excited to go back there. We're also playing Hawaii. Hell yeah. Shout out to Hawaiian Brian's. We're coming back. So if you live in any of those places, make sure you check it out. I think the tickets are, if they're not on sale yet, they're going to be on sale very soon. So check all that out, and uh, I think it's safe to say now I can uh, I can announce uh, or at least talk about the fact that we are recording some stuff. Uh, yeah, LP number nine. Uh, crazy to say that too, but we are now in the studio tracking some rock. So uh, that'll be coming out when it comes out, and uh, more info as it comes. But uh, if you are a fan of Silverstein, and I'm sure some of you are, uh, especially, you know, it's crazy with the Bayside Silverstein connection we've had, you know, being on the same label when we started and all the tours we've done together. Uh, it's, it's kind of a cool like bond that our bands have despite musically not being that similar. So yeah, I just wanted to say that a couple quick shout outs before we jump in. Shout out to our sponsor, iconic.com. Go to iconic. That's E-Y-E. C-O-N-I-C dot com slash L-S-S, capital L-S-S, and check it out. If you wear glasses, if you wear contacts, that is the place you want to go for all of those needs. They've got the best prices. You can apply your insurance. Uh, they really just, they just take care of you over there. So iconic.com slash L-S-S, and if you want to use a promo code to save 10% off your entire order, Feel free to do that. It's promo code LSS, and you will hear an ad later on in the show. And if you want to help out the show, please do me a favor. Check out the All Access Club. The link for that is leadsingersyndrome.com slash allaccess. For just a few dollars a month, that gets you access to bonus content, bonus episodes, a great network of other fans of the show, you know, more interaction with me, access to merch, the list goes on and on. It is really just a big help to me. It is the reason we keep this thing going every single week. We're almost at 200 episodes. Blows my mind. 
It really does. So yes, please uh, head over there if you're interested in helping out. WeedSingerSyndrome.com slash all access. Okay. Well, it's time. I'll get into it right now. Here's my conversation with my good friend, Anthony Ranieri of Bayside. Do I got you now? Yes. There you are. You got me? Yep. Perfect. My man, Anthony, how you feeling, man? I'm great, man. How are you? I'm, I'm fantastic, actually. Thanks for asking. It's been, it's been a while. Well, I mean, I've seen you around, but it's been a while since, like, you know, we really talked, you know? like Yeah. When, was it, when did I see you last? When, when we were up there with, with Newfound? That's right. Yeah. Newfound and... Um, Oh, and our friend Vinny was there with the movie life, which was yep. great to see them back. Uh, yeah, I think that's the last time. And every time it's like, we kind of don't skip a beat. It's a, it's a lovely friendship we have. You know? That's a, that's like a true friendship though. You know, like that's how it's all my friends that I grew up with, you know, I've been, I've lived away from New York for five years, Yep. but when I see them, you know, it's like, it's like I just saw them yesterday. <laughs> no, I know. That's, it is, that's it a good is. friendship. It is. It's funny when like even though like the little jokes just are still there, you know? Yeah. And it's it's not even not even like a minute and you're just right in right back with them. That's that's so true, man. That's so true. So you're you're down in Nashville still? Yes, I'm in Nashville. I've been here now like five over five years, I think. Yeah, yeah. That's no, it's crazy. It's a big change, but I'm I'm sure now it feels like home. Yeah, for sure. I love it. I'm very comfortable. I'm, I'm, I've reached the point now where when I'm in New York, um, like after a couple of days, I'm like, I got to get out of here. Like I'm not, <laughs> I'm like, I'm fully not cut out for it anymore. Right. Well, I've, I've told you this, I think, but you know, we, the last time we spoke on the podcast, it was like three years ago. I was yeah. looking back. It was, it was episode 27, uh, okay. which is funny. Cause this is going to be like episode 193. Wow. <laughs> or something, right? So yeah, That's it's, it's kind of crazy. So yeah, if people listening to this want to go back and hear, you know, our, our original chat, which is, it's actually a pretty good one. Pretty real. Um, it was a good one. Yeah. We got real and it was really long. I yeah, remember. it was. And, and I remember ending it and we were like, that was super long. And I feel like we, we need to like do part two yeah. because we, for even for as long as it was, like there's so much more. I know, I know, it's crazy, and um, I'm losing my train of thought. What the point of that, whole, that bringing that back was, but at least people know now to check that out. But um, no, like so, so yeah, you're you're in Nashville now, and I also moved too because last time we spoke, I was living in downtown Toronto. You know, I had been through the ringer, you had been through the ringer, and now mm-hmm. I've moved from Toronto too, and I live uh, I live in Windsor now, just outside Detroit. So, yeah, uh, I remember you, you told me that the last time yeah, I saw you, but yeah, yeah when last podcast you were you were still in Toronto. And dude, it's exactly the same for me, man. Like I know Toronto, New York City aren't aren't the same beast, but Toronto's like a small New York, people say. And yeah. it's the same thing, man. If I'm there too long, I'm like, you know what? I just need a little bit like I don't want total peace and quiet, but just give me some. Just a yeah. little just a little slice <laughs> of of you know uh, of not crazy anxiety and and insanity that is Well I don't know if I don't know if you went through this too my original struggle in moving to Nashville was like how slow everything was yeah. you know so 
I, at first I sort of like, that was driving me crazy. And then once I like accepted it and I got in line, now it's like ingrained in me. And now I go back to New York and I'm like, it's too fucking crowded and everybody's <laughs> in a rush and everybody's an asshole. And I like, know. I, I'm not cut out for it anymore. I get caught in traffic here. And I haven't been, I've only been here for a year. And I get caught in traffic here and I'm talking like traffic as in like, I'm supposed to go somewhere and it's going to take me 15 and it takes me 19 and I'm like screaming <laughs> at cars. <laughs> you know, like It's just so, so ridiculous. Um, uh, man, but that's funny. Anyway, dude, the reason, the main reason we're, we're talking about this is some huge news that just was dropped about a brand new secret Bayside album in Terabang, which is coming yeah. out in like two weeks. In two, yeah. October 4th. Out, October 4th. Um, yeah, man, we're changing it up. We decided to announce the record two weeks before, it came out and we didn't talk about being in the studio we didn't talk yeah. we didn't, there was no social media in the studio there was nothing nothing about we didn't want it to feel at all like we were ramping up to anything we wanted it right. to like completely come out of nowhere and, and what's the reason for that really i mean i mean i think it's great especially i mean your fans are pretty starved i think for a new album it's been a while um it's been but, a while. but what but what is the reason for for doing that on your end I, you know i'm I've been paying close attention. I mean, you know me, you know me as well as anybody does that <laughs> I'm involved, you know, I'm very involved in the band and the business. And, um, I have been paying attention to the last few record releases that we've had and watching other people's and it drives me it just where the music industry is at this point. The budgets are shrinking. Yeah. People's attention spans are shrinking it's so hard to keep people's attention and it costs money to keep people's attention. Right. And like, that's true. And nobody's got it, you know? So, you know, the, traditionally bands, and I'm saying this sort of for the listener, cause I know that you know everything that I'm saying here, but the <laughs> traditionally the long rollout has a lot to do with radio campaigns. It has a lot to do with long lead press, right? For right. print press. Like those things, those, those articles have to get written months before you want them to hit. And obviously radio campaigns take months to do TV campaigns, pitching a music video, all that stuff takes months, but we don't get any of that. We don't get <laughs> radio play. We, you know, we don't get radio play. There, well, you should, the, you maybe what, should on this record, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. What, whatever print press still exists doesn't really cover our band, you right. know, like, and, but you know, like we're perfectly okay with that. And the way I first brought this up to the label, this idea, and they were like, you know, you've been on the same label, you know, everybody there pretty well. I had a dinner with, uh, Aaron and Tobin yeah. at Hopeless. Yep. And at, I brought it up and they were like, well, how is that going to work? I was like, <laughs> yeah, I was like you see the fear I, in their eyes. Of, yeah, of exactly. This, yes. And they were like, I was like, take me to dinner and give me, give me an hour, you know, give me <laughs> okay. an hour. Yeah. So I sold it, you know, I sold it and now it's all on me and everybody's going to be fucking mad at me if this doesn't work. But like I convinced everybody to go along with it and yeah, like I said, like we're totally okay that we don't get radio play. Like we know who we are and where we are and we're comfortable with that. So like 
it's okay that we don't get radio. Like hopeless doesn't, that's not a really a thing. Hopeless, you know, some of the bands get a little bit of radio play, but yeah. usually it happens organically. Hopeless doesn't have like this, a big radio department, you know? No, so, you, you know, I'll tell you what hopeless does do better than just about any, every indie label is their playlists or playlisting is really good. Yeah. So, and, I mean, and, you know, with that, prayers already, right. prayers already is getting prayers with it don't exist was the single on no. the acoustic record. Yeah. It's like, it's crazy. It's been nuts. The the playlisting numbers. No, they're really good at that. And and you know that is the kind of the new radio, right? I mean, so, absolutely. So that that's a great sign. But at the same time, do you really need to starve your fans? Like keep your fans waiting another three months? You know what I mean? Like announce the record and okay, and Terra Bang. All right, it's coming out January seventh. Yeah. You know, well, like, dude. I mean, even as a fan, I right. I hear a new single from a band I like, and I'm like, oh, this is this is awesome. I'm psyched. I'm I'm psyched for the record. And then I just kind of forget about it. And then I see something on Instagram that the record's out today. I'm like, that didn't come out yet. Exactly. Like, it just, it, it, I know. It's gone. I like, know. Out of my brain. By I that. know. And and especially like you know you're like you, you put out a, a record with, with 10, 11 songs and then you, you know, like every like month or month and a half, there's another single. And then by the time the record comes out, people have heard like three or four songs off the record. There's a lot like the excitement of that. You initially announced it is kind of gone. Yeah, and, exactly. And, and, I, I forget you know, all about it. Right. I forget and, all about it. And this way it's like, you're going to, it's going to be like Bayside week for the next three weeks. And then the record's going to be out and it's going to like, you know what I mean? I feel like that's a great way to engage everybody. Yeah, well, I mean, not just was, your I fans, mean, especially with you. First guys I had to convince on. them. Yeah. First time I had to convince them that the, that we don't need a long time, right? By kind of looking at the, the long lead press and the radio campaigns and all the things you usually need time to do. Those things aren't going to happen. So we're not, <laughs> right? So there's not a problem. We're not going to miss out on anything because we don't have enough time, right? So that was... That was sort of step one. And then step two was like why it's actually better. I think, you know, made my pitch anyway. I'm taking you. We were in Dantana's next door to the Troubadour. We're in, oh, yeah. in one of those, one of those like, if you know that place, it's like kind of old, old Hollywood, red, <laughs> yeah. like leather, uh, circular booths and all that. So we were in Dantana's and I was like, okay, so that's why it's not worse, right? Because it's not going to be worse because we don't need the time. And this, and why I think it's better is we're going to do a complete album rollout. We're going to do everything we would have done in two months. We're going to do the singles. We're going to do like three singles or whatever, three, maybe four singles. We're going to do, but there we have behind the scenes content. Right, we have right. a, a music video. We're doing all the press. We're doing everything we would have done. We're doing in stores, everything we would have done in two months. We're doing in two weeks. So like you said, it's like the idea is like, we want to try to create two weeks of Bayside where you can't take your eyes off of it. We're going to have a new single out. Like every three days, a new single comes out. Like there's con there's, engaging i think engaging content every day is going to be coming out we have the tour to announce we have the battle of the bands contest to announce yeah, there's yeah. so much to do in two weeks whereas like now it's you know like you said we're trying to make it the two weeks of bayside where every day there's something you can't take your eyes off of it and then all of a sudden the record's here no i think it's i think it's great it just reminds me for a second of of when spittlefield put out their stop doing bad things 
um, uh-huh. rollout on, on victory, which I know we're both, you know, v- victory is near and dear to our hearts, uh, yeah. in some ways. Uh, and they, they did that. And, and I don't know if you remember this, it was so funny. So they, they had like a, a rollout where like every day and up till the record, the record was called stop doing bad things. So there was like each thing, there was another bad thing that they were supposed to stop doing. And it was like, you know, funny. <laughs> like and, and this is like also like 2000 and fuck, I don't know, 2005 or something like that to where uh-huh. like, you know, it was like really primitive uh, internet content. But what the funniest part of it all was is when the record came out in the middle of the track listing, like right in the middle of the record, victory had fucked up and put the same song twice in a row. <laughs> so like track five and then track five happened again. So uh, the shift, the, the track listing, instead of being like, it was 12 song record, it was actually 13. Cause there was a song in there twice and people, <laughs> people, uh, were like, Oh, I think this is like the final bad thing. <laughs> and, and I remember, I remember Mark, like, freaking out at, at victory mark from spittlefield freaking out at victory when this happened and um somebody from victory had read online that 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 some fan had been like oh yeah this is the final bad thing and someone over at victory was like damage control being like i think we got to go with this i think this is a great yeah. idea <laughs> mark's like no like this is terrible well we were doing things so by like the seat of our pants back then all of us oh yeah it was, it was such a different Everything's gotten a lot more professional in like punk rock and and indie labels now. Absolutely, I mean, our, our self-titled record somehow all oh, the working. Sorry, titles, I just lost. I just lost you for a second. You got a lot quieter. Oh, can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Okay, our uh, our self-titled record somehow all of the working titles wound up like in the metadata oh, of the yeah. tracks. Oh no! So like. To this day, if you put our self-titled CD like in your car, that if it reads the tracks, it says the working titles. <laughs> well, I mean, that's cool for fans, but sometimes, as I know, working titles are not always the most, I don't know, politically correct. Sometimes. Yeah, so it could be. Luckily, there's nothing like awful on there, but yeah. uh, like a lot of the songs are named the time signature that the song is in. Right. And Blame It on Bad Luck was just called Bop Bop. So like that's what it says on your car radio. Well, like when that song comes on. Well, I mean, we had we had one song on our D- Discovering the Waterfront record that the working title was Hot Water because it, we thought the song <laughs> sounded like hot water music. So oh, you don't man. you don't really want that leaking to your fans. <laughs> <laughs> but we did actually. That's funny you bring that up because we did have another one too. We had uh, a song on that record. That was like if you put it on in iTunes, all the stuff came up fine except one track was called "Smoke 'Em If You Got 'Em" because that was oh. the working title. <laughs> oh, good. So yeah, because go. I mean, I don't know. If, I don't know what your process is like, but I always write lyrics last. So yeah, th- I'm still writing lyrics like in the studio. So it takes me forever. A lot of times, the band Chris will still call songs by their working title because. He, I won't have named the song until the label was like, "Hey, we need to like get this to production. You need to name the songs." Yeah, me too, man. I, I, I we, I did that for years. I'd say in the last, the last couple of years, um, my, my, I don't know. I've, everyone's gotten more on my case about it. So everyone's like, "We need all the lyrics before we go into studio for pre-production." And I'm like, "Oh, I guess, you know, like." It's, <laughs> but, but, so I, I've gotten a little bit better. But I, that's absolutely the same thing, like. With with we we even had songs like on the set list once the record came out that we would just put as the working title that way at least everyone knew what what song it was. <laughs> That's so funny. you know 
Because I mean, sometimes the the it was like already obviously like a song like with you guys like you know already gone. It's, it's pretty obvious, you know, or six six six. You just put that on, you know what it's called. But right, if it's right. some sometimes those like songs that the title isn't in, you know, in the lyrics, people are like, wait, what song is this? Yeah. So. The best. The best is the like you said the the hot water one. Like you, we have so many. Prayers, actually, which was the first song we yeah. released from Interrobang, was System Sabbath. That was the working title, like all the way up until I had to hand in <laughs> lyrics for the Arworth, which was System of a Down and Black Sabbath, which is what we were, what we were going for. Right, right. Well, uh, let's talk about the record. Interrobang, the title, a um, little sneaky there, putting the Interrobang on the Prayers uh, artwork for the single. Yeah, it's you know we're trying to trying to be clever. There yeah, used to be it a was. time where you could just there used to be a time where you could just put a countdown on your website, and that yeah, that yeah. was good enough to like get people <laughs> <laughs> to get people excited. But now you got to try you got to try to work a little harder these days. So I'll, I'll be honest, I didn't know what an interbang was. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't does. know if that if I'm like just uneducated or whatever. I no, never heard of it. Does. I had to Google what it was. Yep. Um So. I mean, obviously, for a lot of people probably are like me and don't know what it is. It's basically, it's a question mark and an exclamation mark kind of in one. Yes. And I assume the meaning of it is the same? Yeah. It's ba- I mean, th- and that's that's the kind of record we wanted to make. We right. wanted to, like, make a record that made you say, what the fuck, basically. Yeah. So we wanted to, it to be a combination of a question mark and an exclamation point. And the intended... The, the, like, what we wanted to happen was exactly what you just described is that nobody's going to know what Interrobang is. <laughs> they're going to Google it. They're going to see it. And they're going to say, Oh, that's awesome. Like, that's, so that's kind of like, that's exactly what we're going for. And so far, anybody we've talked to went through the same process. The label, everybody at the label, when we told them that was the name of the record, everybody was like, Oh, I did, I Googled it. That's cool. I like it. Right, right. It's true. It's, it's kind of like you're like, What? Interro? Like, it almost sounds like a compound word you guys made up at first. <laughs> yeah. Like, like if there's an interrogation about someone, someone banged. Uh, which I mean, I know that's, I'm way off base. Maybe my brain's just a little bit of a fucked up guy, but, uh, but that's what I was like an interrobang. Like, did you bang her? Um, but I, but I love the, I love the title and I, and I love that that's a thing now that like, honestly, it's funny cause uh, you know, whenever you're a band and you're talking about doing a record, um, you're like a band with some you know, some kind of ilk in, in the, the music community, you, mm-hmm. you can kind of Google what is, go- what like, um, your album is before it comes out because you want to see, okay, like, um, and this is perfect for you. You could do this today and you probably already done it, but like, you're going to instru- destroy in Terabang now. Yeah. We're going to corner the market. Yeah, you're, you got it. <laughs> like, like whenever anyone Googles in Terabang, even if this, this pops up in like a, uh, you know, like someone's university English course or something, what this is, all they're going to hear about is they're going to see your face. Yeah. We're going to corner that, that market as far as Google searches go. And also like, it's a cool, lo- it's a really cool logo. It's really useful. Like, cause I, you know, I feel like a lot of people could like have use for that symbol. Yeah. And, and it's going to look cool on, it's going to look cool on merch. It looks cool on the record cover. It's fun. It's like, it's a fun little symbol, you know, Bayside is a band. We're, we're nothing if not a band based on a symbol, you know, and there's a, this is a really weird, um, uh, like analogy or, or, or whatever I'm going to use for this symbol. But last time we spoke on the podcast, you said something 
that resonated with me that has been repeated um, on this show quite a few times. Really? Which, yeah, and, and I'll tell you what it is. I don't know if you remember even, even remember saying it, but we were talking about, like, this is episode 27, so we were talking about lead singer syndrome and the title, mm-hmm. and you were saying how it's basically to be a lead singer, you have to ooze confidence. That's yes. the term you used. And I knew you before you oozed confidence on stage. And then I remember yeah. you starting to. And now it's like you've got sort of a bunch of different sides of you. Um, you know, I know you very well as, as a person. And I also know you on stage. Um, you know, and I, and I don't, I know, you know, you don't do a lot of interviews really. Like in, in a lot of ways, you're still kind of that introverted guy. And what I find fascinating about this is the symbol of a question mark <laughs> alongside an exclamation mark is almost like a definition of your personality. <laughs> maybe that. I'm sort of stretching this a little bit, <laughs> but like there's something to that. It's like, and, and I think a lot of people go through this in life a little bit where it's like, well, you know what? I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but let's just put an exclamation beside it. You know what I mean? Fake it till you make it, you know? That's true. I mean, that is, I do remember that conversation about where we defined what lead singer syndrome is. It's that you have to ooze confidence on stage, but then you get off stage and you're expected to not be overly confident or else you're an (laughs) asshole. Yeah. You know, you have to act in a way on stage that you could never get away with acting in real life. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what, that's what people love. It's, uh, it's weird. It's That's very, funny. very weird. Yeah. So I, I, um, you graciously allowed me to hear this new record. And yes. so I, I listened to it. I listened to it all the way through. And the second it was over, I wanted to hear it again. It, oh, it, wow. it has that kind of, um, I think it has a real great staying power, but what, what I love about it is, is, is that it's got, I think it's got the staying power, but it also grabs you right away, which is a difficult thing to do with a record. Um, cool. because it, yeah, the, the, there's so many like parts that grab you right away. Um, but overall I thought the record was pretty heavy. In fact, yes. probably your heaviest record. Yeah, definitely. I mean, even the, the first track, the second track, um, even the third track, well, the third track's pretty, like pretty kind of, you know, classic Bayside until the Metallica solo kicks in. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but talk to me just a little bit about that. And, you know, a lot of stuff seems to be getting kind of more pop, where you guys make pretty much a straight up rock record. Well, I mean, you've known us a long time, but we we've sort of made our bones doing something, doing things differently. You know, yeah. Um, so our idea of we, I mean, we wanted to do more with this record than we've ever done. You know, we want we want to grow the band. We want our we want to give our fans something that feels familiar but new, which yeah. is what we're trying to do with every record. And you know better than anybody else, like. You know, this is our eighth record. How yeah. do you keep it familiar and new? Um, and um, again, in Tarobang, that that was the goal. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. we, we were like, when it started feeling too normal, like we said, like normal, we made a dirty word. Like nor we weren't. Nothing was allowed to be normal. Nothing was allowed to be fine. Like right. everything had, we when we went into the writing of the record, we said it's got to be great, or I want to fall on my face trying. And like, <laughs> yeah. So then that's where like these weird, like the big heavy riff and prayers and the Metallica like thrash syncopation and bury me and all that was all it was all kind of based on these conversations of like it's got to be fucking cool or it's got to be a 
total fucking failure. I won't be able to hear it and think it's it's fucking rad or be like, what the fuck are they doing? Yeah, I, I, you got me with the rad, the rad side of that. I, I was I was right with you, right, right from the from the first the first note of this thing. Um, cool. You know, w- another thing that's kind of changed a lot about music and and the way that people make records these days, including my band. It, you know, people live in different cities, um, and you don't necessarily have to get in a room anymore uh, to to make a record. But mm-hmm. your record sounds like you did. Um, and we did. We and you, definitely and you did. did. It, it, you can hear that. Um, like really, like it sounds like a band in a room playing. Whereas even you know, as as like the Walking Wounded, like even that record, I think it was the Walking Wounded, and not Shutter. I always mix those ones up. But uh, the Walking Wounded had like all these different different instruments, right? Mm-hmm. You guys, yeah, like there's like a tuba on there, like yep. all this, like th- that, and that was great. But this record, you have it, like literally, I can picture the four of you guys <laughs> standing in a circle, like jamming this record. So, talk to me about how that how that worked. Like you guys got together, you wrote, like I guess you just kind of wor- worked on the instrumentals together. Yeah, it's funny how you how you say you could picture us like standing in a circle playing it because one of the things that like we played like with ever ever since Walking Wounded, oh, we, I lost we, we I lost playing. you for a second. Oh, you hear me now? Yeah, I think so. Sorry. I got weird service in my house. Oh, that's the, ever since ever since Walking Wounded, we've played around a lot with uh extra instrumentation, you know? Yes. And we we did that a lot on vacancy too. And the acoustic record, the last acoustic record, right. was really we were like, okay, let's lots of pianos, strings, like let's fucking go all out with that stuff. When we made this record, there was a real conscious effort. Jack was sort of leading the leading the charge on this one. He was like, I want this to be something that the four of us can recreate just the four of us. He, right. he was like, I, I want it to sound like a like a rock band. I want so Jack really had this vision of like, I want this to sound like four of us standing in a circle. You know? So that was really important as we were doing it. And then as far as the process, we we spent like two years making this record. Um, we were been writing songs and we have a friend in, in California named Joe who's got a studio in his house and we would um, – Every couple of months, we would fly out to California. We would all meet up at Joe's, and we would stay there for about a week, and we would demo the songs. We would jam. We would demo the songs, and then we'd go home and listen to them and think about what we liked about them, what we didn't like about them. We'd come back, and we'd change them. We'd work on another batch of songs, and we did that probably like three times over the course of like two years. Cool. And and then when it came time to, rec- to do pre-production, we actually went out – we did the record in Southern California and we went out, did pre-production and then we went home again before we started tracking. We didn't go from pre-production straight into tracking. So this record is a very long process of trying something and then living with it and trying something and then living with it and trying something and living with it. And that's, I feel like why to me at least it sounds so developed because it, it right. really it is very developed. Whereas some records, like you said, they get made remotely. You kind of mail songs around. You all meet up in the studio. You record, and then that's the end of it. Like this, really, we develop these songs in person, all in a room together over the course of like two years. Right. Wow. 
Oh, that's that's very cool. Oh, um, and do you do you know who produced the record? No, I, I don't. Really I don't no, about you know, bec- well, I don't. I don't really know that much information because we're talking about this just so people understand the um, you know, where, where we're, the context of this whole thing is. Like, you guys haven't actually announced this yet. No, we still so, haven't announced it yet. Yeah. So, so I like you. You're when people hear this, you will obviously. But yeah, I so I don't have a lot of information except I've heard you know all the songs and I. Love them. Um, well, so I, I'd love to hear this. Tell record. me all the information. Who did? Cameron Webb produced this record. Oh my god! Did he really? <laughs> yeah, he did. Whoa! I love Cameron. Oh my god! Yeah, Cameron's great. And we talked to. We were talking to a few different producers when we were. Um, like I said, we we've been working on this record for years and demoing. So when we were going into these conversations with producers, we had a lot of demos. We had a lot, there was a lot to talk about. It wasn't just like a, sometimes, you know, you talk to a producer and you hire somebody based on their history, but you can, you don't really have a lot to talk about, like specifically pertaining to your record, you know, yeah. but this record was so far along before we even brought a producer in that we had demos that we were able to have real conversations about actual songs with people and stuff. So, um, Cameron just fucking killed it, man. He's he was the right guy for this record. This record is a mix of like metal and punk and pop, and that's what that's what Cameron does. You know more so than most producers. You know there are producers who are eclectic, but Cameron is as successful in the punk world as he is in the metal world, yeah. as he is in the pop world. You know, so no. he was the guy to marry all these. No, you're right, and and I think like for the the sound, I mean that you you're describing like that you know with Jack talking about the four of you in a room, he is definitely the guy. Because, you know, Cameron's old school. I mean, he, he wasn't old school when we did Discovering the Waterfront with him. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when he was kind of like an up-and-coming guy, but it's been 15 years. So now there's all the other up-and-coming guys that, you know, like bands are doing their drums last and everything else. And, mm-hmm. um, and you know, that's that's all fine. But but I think it totally makes sense for the, for the type of record you're trying to make and the type of band you are too, because I mean, what Cameron did a, a no effects record a little while back and he did a Pennywise record and then, but he also does stuff like, you know, two, he did two Silverstein records. So that mm-hmm. totally sort of does marry, marry all these, these ideas. Well, it was cool to be able to reference his history too. When we'd be, mm-hmm. when we'd be stumped on something, we could say like, what would Megadeth do? Uh, you know what I mean? And, he, <laughs> and like, he can answer that question. You know, we're like, <laughs> We were like, well, you know, we want this to be like a Megadeth part. Like in particular, there's the, the pre-chorus in Bury Me. I wrote as like, I was like, okay, this is my Megadeth riff. And we were trying to figure out what the drum should do. And we were like, and we just turned to Cameron. We were like, what would Megadeth do? <laughs> That's amazing. And then you, say man, a similar thing with... In 2003, with, uh, I, I would never believe we're talking about inserting Megadeth riffs into Bayside songs, but this, is, this is great. <laughs> well, then there's the song Heaven on the record, which is like a departure from the rest of it. I think it's one of the strongest tracks, actually. What a, what a, a chorus. Cool, it's a cool song. Huh? With that one, it was sort of like our... So I kind of wrote it like as a cowboy chord acoustic yep. song, which is probably obvious to you. Um and uh, we were like, okay, how do we make this fit on the record? There was the, we recorded an acoustic version of it, so there was the idea of maybe putting the putting an acoustic song on the record, right? 
Um, and we said, well, what about like a social diversion kind of? And then we just turned to Cameron. We said, well, what social D do? You you know, yes. like, how would, so what, would, so what kind of guitar tones would social D use to make this work? Well, Mike Ness won't, t- won't touch a piece of gear made after 1970. <laughs> Apparently that's what I was told. <laughs> and I think for that one, again, Cameron, we used, I think, one of Lemmy's amps. There I think we go. used Lemmy's Marshall. There's another, yeah, there's Marshall. another Cameron Web band, Motorhead. Yeah, exactly, yes. Motorhead. So we used one of Lemmy's Marshalls, I think, for, for to get that kind of uh, like social D feel. Very cool. Very um, cool. You yeah, used, did you cool, use You got you guys used all real amps on the record, or was it? Did you use some yeah. campers and stuff? No, yeah, we used all real amps. I I did all. I did just about the entire record on a Bogner. Cool. Um, from for my for my uh, rhythm stuff. Jack bounces around more than I do. I think he used some Marshall stuff, some Mesa stuff. Um, he, he's, he tends to bounce around more. Me, I've had the same two guitars and the same amp on tour for 13 years. So <laughs> yeah, like, I don't like, I like what I like and that's how I want it to sound, you know? Absolutely. Um, so yeah, we used all real amps and, um, you know, Cameron, you've worked with Cameron. He, he, he likes to try to keep things like pretty organic too. He's not that guy who is going to do drums last or no. program the drums or anything. There are some guys that I talk to that are like really organic and that drives me fucking insane. Right. Because I think that we have the technology. It's like, I'm not going to, I mean, I'm using tuning pedals, right. Because like they exist. So I'm going to use it, you know, right. Like a, and I mean, we're we're still listening to fucking to. I mean, we're listening to music like digitally on our phones and through Bluetooth headphones and like technology. There's nothing wrong with technology, you know what I mean? Until it starts like sucking out the feel. Yeah. So there are some guys who like will, will only record on tape, for instance. Well, that's you know, yeah, or, that's very that's very rare these days. Yeah, or won't do any beat detectiving, or won't do any right. samples, or won't do any auto-tune or stuff like that, you know? And like, I don't think that you should use those things like as a crutch, like, you know, like you shouldn't depend on any of those things, but like nobody ever liked a record more because it was recorded on tape. You know what I mean? So I'm like, well, that's like, that's ego to me Yeah. to say like, we need to, we can't use these processes. We can't use this equipment. We can't do this. It's like, that is, that is, that serves nobody but you. It only serves your ego to know that you didn't use these things. It's not going to like, we make music because we want people to like it, you know? So <laughs> nobody's going to like it more because like, there's no beat detective. Nobody's going to, you know, if you're using beat detective to a point where it sterilizes the music, then people are going to like it less. They won't know why, but they will. Yeah. No, I mean, I remember talking to Mark Trombino who made you know, a record after Cameron Webb made mm-hmm. discovering the waterfront and, and, um, he refused to, um, he refused to both sample and beat to deck, like quantize the drums because he said, that's just a drum machine. And in some ways, he's, and in some ways he's kind of right. Um, <laughs> except, uh, well, you know, I, I don't know. It was the worst sounding, probably the worst sounding drums we ever had in a record. So I don't know. Um, you know, I think there is ways that you can make things work. 
Um, you know, that's kind of like saying yeah, I, all auto-tune vocals sound like a robot. It's like, that's not really true. No, it's not true. And sometimes like, they, well, there's another thing. We don't have budgets like bands used to have. You know what I mean? Like we got to make this record in like four weeks or something like that. Yep. You know, we don't have six months to make a record. Yeah. You know, if we had six months, yeah, I'll do it. A, I'll do it a million times until we get it. But sometimes like you get a rad take, you know, especially when, when with vocals or drums and you get a, a take that feels right. And there's one note maybe. Yeah. Like one word that was maybe out. It's like, are you going to trash this like magic you might have just landed on because that note's out? Yeah. You know? I know. I know. I agree, man. I and then you get into like punching for like one word. And to me, that sterilizes it even worse than if you would have just tuned it. Oh, yeah. No, totally. No, totally. I, I like to do both. I like to punch one word and then tune it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Um, I, I want to talk about a few of the songs cause, cause, um, I, I don't know. I just, I really, really, really enjoy the record. I'm really excited for everybody to hear it. Obviously they're going to have to wait a couple weeks probably, but, um, not long though. No, not, not long. long. Don't, a, long. A, I don't know when this is going to come out, and but that's whenever a beautiful it comes thing. out, it- sometimes I do these podcasts and like somebody will be like, yeah, a record comes out and like, and it's a month that's like in a different season. And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> yeah. it's going to be so fucking cold then. I don't want to think <laughs> about that month. Um, but so one of the, one of, my, one of the songs that grabbed me right away, as I said, was Heaven because I thought it was like such a great chorus, one of the strongest tracks. I thought that the song before it, Numb, I thought those songs kind of were were together in a way. Just the subject matter was very, I don't know, self deprecating and kind of mm-hmm. hate, kind of hating on yourself a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But that's also kind of vintage Bayside. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it, lyrics for me. I have always been cathartic, you know, so right. some, sometimes I write a song and I just need to get it out. You know, yeah. it's sometimes it's going to be self-deprecating or it's going to be angry. And that's what I needed at that, at that time. And when I can help it, I try to, I try to keep a, uh, a positive message in, in the songs, even when they're angry or depressing, I still try to keep, put a, put, keep, keep like shine a light on it. Sure. But, uh, sure. <laughs> Yeah, Heaven is an interesting one. It, like we weren't sure if it was going to make the record. We actually were thinking of not recording it, even when we were we recorded two different versions of it, trying to figure out how it fit onto the record. The label actually suggested that we held it off the record and released it as a standalone single because they thought it was really strong and they didn't want it to be oh, like a, okay. a track eight or whatever it is track on an seven, album. I they, think, yeah, yeah, track seven um, or track eight, whatever it is. They were like, you know, it's a it's a better song than track seven on your on your record. It's funny though. Um, I, I feel like a lot of records that I love, y- you know, there'll there'll always be like in the middle of side B, like you know, track eight, track nine, kind of thing. Track seven, you know, ten song records. So track seven is is the is the spot, and you can almost tell when a band wasn't sure about a song, <laughs> and that's kind yeah, of why it's in that yeah. position, you know, in that <laughs> sequence. And I can totally now that you've told me that, I can totally see how it it doesn't exactly fit with the whole scheme of the record, but in a way that, that to me makes it stand out as, as a really great track. Yeah. I mean, we actually, because we really did have this concept for the 
we wanted to make and we didn't feel like it necessarily fit that concept. Yep. And we were willing to sort of like sacrifice it over the concept and the label and Cameron especially me when he heard and he was like, you, you cannot scrap that song. That song has to be on this record. Um, so I'm, I'm glad it is. I love the song. Uh, um, like I said, the hopeless actually had suggested leaving it off the record to release as a standalone mm-hmm. single afterwards because yeah. they, they wanted it to get a little more spotlight than it might get. But you know, I think the fans have a way of finding their favorites and like, they'll let totally. us know. Oh you yeah. Know, I, it, they'll let us know if it, if it winds up being a fan favorite once the record's out, like we'll, we'll play it, you know? And that's what, what always seems to happen. You know, you don't always know. Um, and your fans kind of show you the way. Uh, I also want to talk about Walk It Off because I saw the title and mm-hmm. I was like, I hope this is about baseball. And uh, <laughs> I wish. <laughs> what's that? I wish. But you're still the kid covered in dirt. Like that's, yeah. that's literally like you slide into second base, you know? It is. I mean, Walk It Off, it, it, the, the grand scope of it is so, it's, it's about toxic, toxic masculinity. Sorry, you know? I, lost, I lost you again. The, the the grand scope of it is that it's about toxic masculinity. Yes. And it is my story. Basically, it's my story of growing up and, uh, you know, playing baseball and getting dirty and getting hurt and, you know, being told to walk it off, being told mm-hmm. to shake it off and, be, and being told that, like, there's winners and losers in life, you know, and that's fucking an awful mentality. And like little boys are, are like, that's ingrained in, in little boys' minds, you know, and little boys grow up to be men who think that there are winners and losers in life. And that's, that's, that's a shitty way to, to live, you know? And that, so to me, that song is my, is my story. And it's not so much a message. I, I wanted to say that, I wanted to tell that side of what's happening right. in society, you know, I, and I wanted to tell the side of like, this is maybe why some boys grow up to be the men that they grew up to be. And it's not an excuse for them. To me, it was more like, this is a message to the men to say, maybe this is why like we're the way we are, you know? And, and I think if we, maybe if we recognize that we can make some, we can make some changes in ourselves. There you go. No, I was more picturing Aaron Judge hitting a towering home run to left, you know? Well, um, I, don't have to, I, I don't have to picture that. I get to see that every day. <laughs> well, not every day, but the Yankees, the, I mean, I know you're a big Yankees fan, so it's been, what a, what a like terrible slash amazing season, right? It's crazy. All the injuries. It doesn't I mean, make any and sense. They still, and they still look great. Well, you know, got, you know what somebody told me? Uh, and it makes sense is like once the Yankees realized they couldn't, well, they couldn't start just outspending teams on to get all the players. Uh-huh. They started spending money on having the best farm system, you know, in terms of scouting and everything. Yes. And that's where they got like, they were able to get guys like Aaron Judge. Like, how does that guy, that monster go under the radar? Dude, Aaron Judge, Sanchez, like yeah. Severino, these guys are on rookie contracts. These guys make league yeah. minimum. You I know? know, but then the, the crazy. crazy thing is, is like a guy like Severino goes down, and then they just like who's that? Who's that? Um, that like I don't even know his name. That position player that's like he's hitting like three twenty five out of nowhere. There's a few. Or Shella <laughs> came out of nowhere. Right. Or, or Shella. It was like you know, I, me and my brother laugh all the time. Do you know? Do you know who Wally Pip is? Uh, why do I do know that name? Wally Pip was a was was on the Yankees. Okay, um, and I mean, decades, fifty, sixty years ago. Oh, okay, he, okay. 
he was sick one day and he told his manager that he didn't that he didn't feel well and he, he was oh, going to take this a, is the Lou Gehrig story right off. yes and then yes. Lou Gehrig filled in for him and yeah. then Lou Gehrig broke the record for like Consistent. most consecutive yes, games that's right without, that's why I know without that story. ever getting hurt so we always say like somebody gets Wally pipped so we were yeah. like watching so throughout this whole season like Urshela performs the way he has and Luke Voigt perform perform the way he has. Yeah. And we're like, man, there are a lot of people getting Wally pipped right now. Cause these guys <laughs> are going to come back from injury. And what are you going to do? You're not going to get rid of Urshela. He's, he's, a, he's insane. Yeah, I know. Is John Carlos Stanton coming back this year? I have no idea, but Mike Talkman, you know what I mean? That guy, man, jeez. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But then Mike Talkman came in and kind of Wally pipped Stanton. Yeah. Like Stanton oh, I'm losing you again, Ant. Hey. Hello. 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 It's just weird. It like just sounds like you're like behind a wall all of a sudden. That's weird. And yeah, now I you're fine. Have, I got I got weird service in my house. Yeah, it's it's all um, good, man. But well, yeah, it's a good. It's a fun season. I appreciate it. The, and there's uh, a lot of lot of excitement in 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 Toronto. You got to be feeling good about the future. Oh yeah, I mean we got like uh, our top three hitters in the lineup right now are all sons of yeah. huge, uh, hugely famous former. Um, stars, two of them in yeah. the Hall of Fame. So you know the the lineup is looking really good. The Bo Bichette uh, kid has been really like exciting, and now it's just yeah, like you got to just find pitchers, which, as you know, is like that's kind of like that's kind of like oh we got a great band, we just need songs. Um, <laughs> it's kind of a hard part, <laughs> you know. But uh, but no, it, it is exciting, and the, the problem is that we play in the stupid division. With your stupid team. Yeah, it's a uh, tough division. And it is it is tough. And then like, you know, Tampa Bay is just randomly good all every year. Like yeah, spending, I don't know how they spending do it. no money. So yeah, The Yankees know. have more money on the injured list than the than the Rays uh payroll. Then the which which payroll? Then the Rays payroll. Oh yeah. I, I know. Yeah. That's just wow. <laughs> wow. Well, thank you for the sidebar about baseball. Um, it wouldn't have felt yeah. right if we didn't at least have something in there about it. I know. We got the playoffs coming up soon. <sighs> this it's time too- of year. Oh, I love this time of year. Um, like my favorite day of the year is is when they have the uh, the wild card games. Oh, you love the wild card games. I love like I love it. It's such an insane, kind of stupid thing for Major League Baseball to do because you play so many 162 games and then it comes down to one game. Yeah, it's exciting though. But it's so exciting. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, it would drive me nuts if I was like involved in any of those teams. I would think it's totally bullshit. But like as a fan, it's pretty exciting. No, I, I we had we had one in Toronto a few years back. It was against the Orioles, and I I got to go down to the game, and the Jays walked it off, uh, and it was like the awesome. greatest, you know, like the greatest greatest moment of my life, pretty much. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, my career side. No, including my career, greatest day of my life. Um, <laughs> Mine is, well, what about Joe Carter? Mine oh, is guy, minus oh Joe my Carter. God, dude. That's like my, <laughs> child, my entire childhood. Like, yeah. I don't know how many memories I really have. That's like maybe the only one. It's the only one I care about anyway. Dude, <laughs> wow. So um, we got a little bit of time left. Um, I want to ask you, before, before we start getting into some uh, um, reminiscing about some old records that I want to talk to you about, Mm-hmm. I, I want you to pitch some of the things coming up. I, I'm not sure when this is getting announced, your tour. Um, I know you're doing something really cool with some local bands, but I, I don't know if we can talk about it yet. Yeah, well, I don't know when you're gonna re- when you're gonna release this, but we're so today is Tuesday. We're announcing the record on Friday. Yep. 
And then on Monday, we announced the tour. Okay, yeah, we're good then. We're good. So, okay, so the tour is the Interrobang Club Tour, which it, we're going to do, it's all, uh, it's all underplay. We're doing some, like, some, like, really crazy underplays, like some, like, two, three hundred cap venues. T- tell, like very- tell me, I mean, people know the venues. Tell, tell us a, a couple of your, your faves that you're looking back to getting back in the, the heat. Well, one that's, that stands out the most, like, we're going to play Chain Reaction. Nice. Played in, like, over 10 years. Um, they added a bar to Chain Reaction. I don't know when the last oh, time you were there was. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> sorry. Just your, your phone's doing that thing again. Uh, they, they, added a, yeah, they, uh, they added a bar, which, so I, I don't know if you, if you had heard about that. I had heard about it, yeah. Allages.com. Um, is now all ages that can drink. It's cool. <laughs> when it first, when we were booking this tour, we knew we wanted to do like three to five hundred venues, and uh, Chain Reaction came up, and we were, and I was like, oh, I'd love to play Chain Reaction again, but like we can't play somewhere that doesn't have a bar, right? And they were like, oh no, they got a bar now. I was like, fuck yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So we're doing that. We're doing the Troubadour, which will be fun. Yep. Uh, but then we're doing like. Um, Oh, in, in Columbia, South Carolina. You know what I'm thinking the of. The Blue Note? Nope. The, that's, a big, uh, that's a bigger room. I don't know. I no, don't think I know. Oh, oh, New Bro- oh, sorry, South New Carolina. Brooklyn. We're I'm doing thinking, New I'm, Brooklyn Tavern. New Brooklyn Tavern. I was thinking Missouri. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. I love that place. Yeah, we're doing the New Brooklyn Tavern, which I think is like 250 cap. We're doing the Casbah in San Diego, which is like yep. 250 cap, 300 cap, something like that. So Are you it's playing gonna be the like, shelter in Detroit? I, you know, I think we're playing Grand Rapids. Actually. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, oh what's that little room called? Um, we're doing the stash in Grand oh, yeah, Rapids. This, so the little room at the um, inter, uh, intersection. Yeah, that's a great. Yes. That's a great room too. You yeah. Know, so we're gonna do all smaller rooms. We're doing a couple. We're gonna do the TLA in Philly, which which is which is a, like not as small as those. No, it's probably like eight hundred or something. Yeah, we're gonna do the uh, the Paramount in Long Island, which is fifteen hundred, but that's kind of the one big like record hometown record release show. We cool. don't get to play Long Island very often. We usually play the city, um, so it's gonna be a fun tour. We're just gonna fucking pack people in and play loud. Yeah, we'll get to play a lot of the new record, which is gonna translate well in these tiny places. Yep. So, um, yeah, we're going to do the battle of the bands, which is going to be so fucking cool. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that seems like to me, just from the surface level, that seems like a lot of work. Like every day sorting out that and having this band that doesn't know what they're like necessarily where to go. It's a lot of work for a lot of people who aren't us. To be honest, <laughs> okay. <laughs> we, I mean, we had the idea, right? We wanted to do this battle of the bands, and we wanted it to be fan voting. We wanted it to be to live on our website. Um, and uh, somebody had to build that. That doesn't exist, you know what I mean? So somebody had to build that for us. Um, so that was a lot of work. And then, yeah, there's going to be a new local band on each show, and that's going to be a lot of work for 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 a lot of people. Um. I'm just stoked, you know, I, like it came out of an, I, I think that you'll probably relate to this too. When we were starting out, we, a lot of times would feel like we were kind of spinning our tires, you know, right. you, you know, and so, and then you need those stokers, you need those nights, you need those moments where you're like, yeah, like th- this is working, you know, like you get a you, you play a good show, you get a good reaction, you play to a lot of people, you open for a cool band, you know, 
something happens that sort of brings you back and lets you know that that you're on the right track. And we wanted to sort of give that night to like to 30 different bands where they get to play a well-attended show or they yeah. get to play their music for a bunch of people and then they could really see what they're worth. You know, they could really see if we play this music, if people actually heard it, will they like it? I love um, it. I love the idea. I think it's really cool. And, and it, you know, you're giving back as well to, to you know, the local uh, community, which, I mean, the local scene, it's so different than w- it was when we were coming up too. I mean, at, yeah, least, I think, at least I think it is. I mean, you know, it, it's- it really is. I mean, I did an interview a little somebody else and they were we were talking about they were from new york and we were talking about how a lot of the clubs in manhattan are closing now yeah and i was saying like our we played out so much when we were starting because that's how you got your music out you know that's how you found fans sure was playing out playing the circuit and we it's i mean i obviously bands still play shows i'm not saying that like you know the the local show scene is dead but like there's a lot of bands that think that their time might be better st- spent staying home and growing their Instagram followers right. than going out and playing to ten people. Which you, you know? know, which is fucking bullshit. But they actually, you know, they probably they, they really do believe that. You, <laughs> yeah, you they think may, they might be right? I, I don't know, wrong. but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like so, some of these bands, they do get they they do get big now just from through the internet. Right. And that, that's that's where we are. The Bands don't necessarily have to go and like do this at a certain point. Yeah, you got to hit the road. But mm-hmm. as far as like the local circuit, that's not the only way to make it now, right? Um, well, it doesn't but, mean the music's worse. I mean, you know, that's the thing. Like, no, uh, no not at all. No. So these I, kids know more more than we do. Man. Like, oh. I, I, I would. Hey, I'm so glad that like I we started our band when we did. I would not know <laughs> how to navigate like things right now. Oh, I know, man. I'm, I'm like right there with you. Like when a younger band tell asks me like, Oh, well, what should you do? I'll be like, I can tell you what you should do if this was like 15 to 20 years ago. Uh, but now I have no idea, dude. Like I don't make a video. I I don't know. Make a video like, uh, uh, I don't know. Try to get an emo rapper on your song. I don't know. Like, I don't know what you do. Yeah. I I had no idea. (laughs) I mean, like, you know, the, what we did was just played a lot of shows. We went on tour we played it to anybody who would listen. We gave out demos. We gave out CDRs. We gave out flyers. Like that's what worked for us. Now I don't know. Maybe your time is better spent like focusing on your YouTube channel. I've no. I really I have no right. idea. I know. I know. It's so wild, man. Okay. Well, um, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. I mean, you're gonna have. You're gonna be in like, like interview promo like craziness the next two weeks. Yeah, like, like I this said, this is I mean, one of many interviews you're going to have to do. Yeah, like I said earlier, we're doing the full album rollout, except we're, it, it all happens in two weeks. So, right? Yeah, we're 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 we're, we're slammed. The, the the release week will be in. Uh, uh, we'll be all around the Northeast doing in stores, doing press. Um, cool. And yeah, I'm am ju- I'm, I'm doing the amount of interviews I I would have done in two or three months. I'm doing them in a week. Right. Okay, so I want to do a thing now, if you don't mind, yes. if, you, if you got like a few minutes. Yeah. So, you know, you talked about this record being your eighth album. Mm-hmm. And you guys have put out, you know, you've had long spaces between some of your records, short spaces between some of your others. But mm-hmm. you're a band where I think your entire catalog is very strong. Uh, even your first album oh, thank you. is really, really great. And I'd love 
if you don't mind to take a minute to, if we could have a little bit of a record ranking. Okay. Which I love to do with bands that have, that have put out, you know, a bunch of records. Um, so I have my own little ranking here, which I'm going to reveal at the end, but I'm more curious, um, where, where you're at with with your, like, let's say your, your favorite and your least favorite, and then maybe try to fill in the gaps between. Sure. I think that it's, it's tough, man. That's a tough thing to do. I know it is. I would have to say all, I mean, I can do it, but they would all be interchangeable by at least by probably one space. Right. So like my number one and number two might be interchangeable. Right. And then so on. Right. Um, so I, the first thing, I mean, I think maybe killing time, walking wounded are probably one at one and two. Right. I don't know. You know, I don't know if I could choose which one is one and which one is two. Killing time feels like the most complete record we've ever done. We got it. We were able to like, that was another record like in Tarot Bang that we were able to like conceptualize for a long time. Right. And, demo and rework and rework and really perfect and that was um, the and that was the wind-up record right that was our major label record. yeah, yeah. The major so label record. record. yeah so that was our record that we had like okay how much money do you need you know <laughs> like and we were like i don't know it'd be cool if like we could just if you could give us like enough money to live for like three years without having to go on tour and <laughs> yeah like let us just sit home and write songs and they're right. like sure you know so uh, well, you know, that has a lot to do with why I think that record came out as good as it, as it did because we, you know, just endless supplies of money for that. Right. Um, Walking Wounded, I'll, we, I, Walking Wounded is really special to me because I feel like we, that's where we found a few things that became like Bayside tropes, like a few things that like, that were then after we basically discovered them on that record and then they became like part of our sound. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Totally agree with that. Um, then I think self-titled probably comes, comes after that for the same reason. Self-titled I feel like is where we really discovered what Bayside sounds like. Yeah. Um, and, uh, let's see. And then probably cult maybe, um, then yeah, I think Colt, and then I think Vacancy. Yep, and then Sirens. Okay, no, and then your first Shutter, then Shutter, then Sirens, then Sirens. Okay, so yeah, Shutter and Sirens are at the bottom. Um, well, Shutter is an interesting one because it came out so so soon after Walking Wounded. Like it was, it was almost like the Get Out of Victory record. It sure was. <laughs> I called that out. Um, well, that I mean, that one. Uh, whereas, like, Killing Time and Interrobang is where we had the most time and the most freedom. Yep. To like really focus on the task at hand, which was making a great new record. Um, throughout the victory years, really, you know how, how it was. It was like it was you were just always grinding, you know. So yep. we were writing records on tour. Like we were still touring in vans for some of those records, so like we were we were like writing records in the van, like with sure. an acoustic guitar on your way to the show. <laughs> yeah, and never home. We were on tour ten months out of the year, you, so you never really got to like sit down and think about nothing but this next record because you have a show to play tonight. You know? Yeah. Um. So Shutter was probably whereas like Interrobang and Killing Time are the prime examples of like having a lot of time to focus on that task of like making a great new record shutter was like the complete opposite where we were on because yep. 
because Walking Wounded was the record before that, and Walking Wounded was like career-wise a big like kind of coming out for us. You know, we yeah. were very busy throughout the Walking Wounded uh, cycle. That's when we were doing we were doing Fuse, and we were doing Conan O'Brien, and we were doing the radio shows, and we were doing tons of press, and we were just like. We grinded, grinded on that record. We did Warp Tour that year. We did yep. like two headline tours. We did support tours. Um, so we were tr- we were writing Shutter while we were in the middle of like the craziest time in our career, the busiest time in our career. So totally. we had very little time to be able to like really focus on it. And when I listen to it, I still I think the songs are very cool, but like. I wish I had more time. Totally. Totally. It, it seems to me like a little bit like you wrote in a period of time, you wrote kind of like your best songs for walking wounded. And then you were kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel a little bit, maybe for like some yeah, more I mean, ideas on for shutter. Not that they're bad. It was basically, but, well, the thing when you don't have so much time is like every idea goes on the record, you know, whereas when you have years to make a record, every like, idea goes on the record. You said, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, when you have years to make the record, you can scrap things. You could like only the only the cream makes it to the record. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're short, when you're short on time, and you're trying to write this record while you're on tour in between in between shows, in between interviews, um, you uh, you know you can't afford to scrap ideas. Everything right. goes on the record. So here's my list, if if you care, um, and you're more than more than welcome not to care. But I'm going to tell you. <laughs> I anyways. do. I do. I care. <laughs> so um, I have in the number one and slash number two hole. Um, I have Walking Wounded and Interrobang. That's right. Interrobang's already tied for first, and I've only, list, and I've only listened to the record of three list. times. I left Interrobang off of my list. I think that's fair. It'd be, it'd be impossible for me to be objective. Obviously, it's the best record of all time. So, like, <laughs> it has to stay, every new record is. I mean, you know, I listed Shudder and Sirens last, and I would have told you that that was the best record then. Right. Well, I, I think every band says it, but every band's honest about it. It's 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 real. It's that's the way you have to feel about that, or you are you doing it wrong? Oh, you have to say it at least. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, so then I have then I have the next. I have I, for me, I have Sirens and Condolences because that's I mean that's the record we toured together on. Yeah. Is that I nostalgia? You think? I I don't know, man. I think some Is of those songs are undeniable. Like um, like just enough to love you is still to me like an an amazing song. Cool. Um, you know, and that's like, that's a deep cut. Not to mention the the songs that are, you know, I wish the record was recorded a little better, but you know, what can you do? Then I have I have self-titled. Okay. I have Killing Time. Mm-hmm. Then I have uh, then I have Vacancy, Shutter, and then I have Cult uh, Last. But I think okay. I think part of it I don't think that I think Cult is a bad record. I don't think any of your records are bad. I think it's just at the time I maybe I that one I skipped it I skipped over a little bit. Like I was going through I some like, shit and then just kind of that one just fell kind of fell through the cra- cracks for See, me. I like Cult because I I really like a lot of the songs on it. Yeah. Um, it's probably the lowest concept record. The Cult and Shudder are probably the lowest concept records. I think everything else we went into with like a pretty clear vision of like Walking Wounded, I feel like you know, right? Like yeah. Walking Wounded is like it's very defined as to like what kind of what the record is is about. Sure. Um, like musically, it's like very defined. Um, Self titled, I think, is defined and it sort of defines like the band. Um, Cult was really like bunch bunch of cool punk songs. <laughs> yeah, I, I, absolutely, man. Well, I appreciate you, you know, be your honesty with with talking about your your music, and I think it's great that we can kind of just push everything aside and focus on this new, um, 
banger of a record, if I can use that pun. That's amazing that you think that it's a... Uh, and Tara Banger, yeah. One of our best records already. That's, that's fucking cool. Well, I, I really do. I, I really think this, the record's amazing. I just, it's, it's like... You know, and I have only listened to it three times, uh, but I think that's enough. I think that's enough for me to know that that this is like all I want to do is listen to it again. So, cool. Um, I just have to use this stupid fucking Dropbox app, and like every time, <laughs> every time this, this this song's over, I have to go hit back and then click on the next song. You know, that's the only problem <laughs> I, know, I have right now. It sucks. It's. Uh, I wish I had a- the only the only other alternative is would be to have like the label send you the what is it holix is that what it's called oh that's yeah what they send the press yeah that's that's better because at least it, it goes into the next track yeah but then you got to your browser for that though it'll be on spotify in like two weeks that's, uh, that's a good thing about the that's a good thing about the quick release that's right exactly <laughs> i i mean and, and i and the good thing too is i get to talk talk to people about it um, in two weeks too. I don't have to wait like three months before anyone else has heard the fucking thing. So what is your, uh, what is your streaming service of choice? Uh, well, I, I guess I, I use Spotify. I don't uh-huh. know if it's my favorite, but I, I use it just cause kind of everyone uses it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, like, uh, I think I like Apple music better, but I, I started out on Apple music and I had, a, I found it was like really glitchy, but this uh-huh. is like three or four years ago. Like it would just okay. in the middle of songs, it would like stop and stuff. And it was oh, happening weird. to me on like different phones and, and I like didn't know what was going on. And I heard from some other people that it was doing it too. So I switched to Spotify and I guess I just use that one now, but I like Spotify cause I like the curated playlists. I think that they have, I, I think they have pretty rad playlists. Yeah, I agree with you on that. The only thing that I find kind of annoying is like, I like to just get in my car and hit, like I go to the punk genre and I hit play. Yeah. And, and but it seems to play the like same songs. Really? Yeah, like I like, like I, the daily mixes. Okay, maybe I need to maybe I need to look more into that. I don't know. I uh, I still listen to like records from 1997 a lot and stuff. So yeah, you have know. you looked at your? Have you done your um? What the time capsule playlist? No. Oh, you gotta look at that, dude. So it, it's like a personalized thing, and it tries to, based on your listening habits, it's a playlist of things that it thinks you used to listen to. That's so funny. And it's so everybody I've spoken to about it. It's like so eerily accurate. Oh man, yeah that that is weird, right? Like yeah, that, you they can somehow that predict. Well, the problem too though is like I listen to like not that I don't love every band I have on the podcast. I, I if I don't, then I usually end up really really appreciating their music, and you know, but I do listen to a lot of stuff for like research. Mm-hmm. So I think that that'll probably throw off the. Uh, the algorithms a little bit. Oh yeah, dude. The shit that I listen to in the car with my daughter. Oh like, yeah, my, yeah you right, know? It's like, right. It's like you almost totally need two. You almost need two accounts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, Anthony, thank you so much. Um, I guess I, I don't know what songs you're going to be released uh, or if you're going to release any more. So I guess I'll play prayers for the people. Yeah, sure. Okay. Well, cool. actually, in Tarot Bang, the track one is the, the actual lead single. That's the one that we did a video for and stuff. When is that coming out? On Friday on the announcement. Okay, then I'll I'll I will play I will play in Terrabank for sure. Vintage Bayside with the big riff. What is it? What is your favorite song on the record? Uh, oof, it's tough. Um, I love I love Heaven, mm-hmm. and uh, I really like I really like the song Trouble too. That's like that's a total punk rock show tune. 
Yeah, like that's, yeah, that's, that's drama. Baseline. That's drama <laughs> in that one. And I like White Flag too. That's like a total banger. Um, cool. But it's it's very very tough. For, um, it's very very tough for, for me to pick a favorite yet. But I, I'm going to go with Heaven for now. Cool. Cool. All right. Thanks, bud. Thanks for doing this. Thank you for doing this, man. And um, all the best with the record. And we'll be talking over the next uh, few weeks, at least uh, about baseball. Yeah, for sure. All right, man. Thank all you, right. Anthony. Take care, man. Yeah, talk soon. Bye. Bye. So there it is with Ant, and I know we talk in great detail about this album, and I know it's not out yet for people that are hearing this, you know, right when the podcast is released, Um, but get ready. Get ready for an incredible record that the second it is over, you're going to want to listen to it again, and I'm sure, I haven't looked myself, but I would head over to hopelessrecords.com, check out the pre-orders that they have, get that shit in your mailbox on release day. That is my recommendation. Bayside always does an amazing job with their artwork. Shout out to my buddy Double J. I think he worked on the artwork again. Um, it, it really just is an awesome thing they put together. So make sure that you check it out. And, you know, once the record is out, yeah, maybe go back and listen to this again. And, uh, and you know, then you'll be a little more, you know... Um, in tune with uh, what we were talking about when we were talking about the specifics of some of the great songs. I want to thank Anthony so much for taking the time out of his very busy couple of weeks here. And uh, yes, uh, thank you all for tuning in again. Go back and check out the first part one I did with Anthony. I think it's like episode, it's like in the first 30 episodes. I really should be, should have checked, but yeah, you're going to have to scroll down pretty far. Listen to that. And then we've got another like 193 episodes you can check out. So uh, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm going to leave you with the title track from the new Bayside album. It's called Interrobang. Here it is on Lead Singer Syndrome. Peace and love. And we'll see you all next week. To lose this sorry disposition and